enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good. The Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endureth to all generations. Somebody ought to praise the Lord right now. Do you need a reason? It's been a bad day, but God is good. Hallelujah. I haven't been feeling good today, but God is good. He's good all the time. And all the time, He is good. Amen. Let's give the Lord an apostolic hand clap of praise. There is no more appropriate sound in the house of God than clap your hands, all ye people. Just shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. A good, good presence of the Lord is in this place, and we are grateful for that. Amen. We are thankful, thankful for everyone that's in the house of God. Amen. If you've been here many times as a visitor or it's your first time, we're glad you're here. Praise God. Glad you're in the house of the Lord. Amen. For those that are members of the Rock Church, God bless you for your faithfulness. Amen. And glad you're here. Praise God. I'm glad I'm here. And all of us are glad God's here. Praise God. Amen. No God like Jehovah. Amen. Give great honor to your pastor. Missing him in his absence. Amen. Give great honor to your first lady. Amen. Glad. God has blessed this church. Amen. Their family. Appreciate them so much. Amen. Will you help me a little while tonight? Praise God. All right. Will you help me for the rest of the while? Praise God. Amen. All right. I got some go the distance people. Amen. Praise God. Amen. You'd think I'd learn after over two decades of traveling the country not to talk about being long-winded and preaching long before I even get started because folks get edgy and nervous. Amen. But I promise you today that I will be expedient. Joshua chapter number 14 and verse number 6. Joshua chapter number 14 and verse number 6. I'm going to read through this rapidly. Just have a few verses here. Amen. Joshua chapter number 14 and verse number 6. Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua at, in Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, the Kenazite, said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to espy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt but I wholly followed the Lord my God. Amen. You notice this is going to be a reoccurring statement in the next few verses. I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast 
wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord hath kept me alive. This is Caleb speaking of where he's at now in life. The Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old, eighty-five years old. As yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain whereof the Lord spake in that day. For thou heardest in that day how the Anakims, the giants, these fearsome giants, warriors, were there, and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be, the Lord will be with me. Then I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him and gave unto Caleb the son of Jephunneh Hebron for an inheritance. Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite unto this day because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. Amen. I want to talk about a few things here in this passage of Scripture, but I want to address these giants that are referred to here, these Anakims that are there, and I want to talk about giants in the doghouse. Giants in the doghouse. Would you lift your voice with me and let's have God ask God to have his way. God, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for your presence that we feel in this place. Speak your word according to your will. Do a work according to your will, and we'll give you the glory and the praise and the honor for it. In Jesus' name, let's clap our hands and thank God for the word of God. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for the treasure that we hold in our hands, the Word of God. Amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want you to, with me for a few moments, visit where Caleb is at this moment in his life. He has already went into Canaan land. He was part of the 12 spies that Moses sent in to spy out Canaan land. He, as he is registering what he is seeing, as he is taking in all of the truths that were spoken to him, all the promises of God concerning this land were true. It was a land that flowed with blessings and substance, and he saw it, and it was in his heart that this is our time, and this is our inheritance, and we need to take what God has promised to us. Amen. This has to get in your heart. This has to get in your heart. He said, as it was in my heart. But my brethren that were with me, there was 12 of them, and 10 of the 12 came back, and the Bible said they gave an evil report. Amen. The word evil there means scandalous. They gave a scandalous. In other words, they lied on God. Amen. They, they feared for their life. They saw the giants that were there. They said, we are as grasshoppers in our sight, and we are not capable of this. We're not capable of this. And, of course, they weren't by themselves. 
Bible said, who can be saved? Who can inherit, amen, eternal life? And Jesus said, with man it is impossible. If you're looking at this by yourself, you can't make it by yourself. I can't make it by myself. But with God, not only can he save you, but all along the journey with God, all things are possible. Amen. Amen. And so Caleb said, I came back and said what was in my heart. But they, in giving their scandalous report, their evil report, they caused the heart of the people to melt. Amen. The heart is where your courage is. Scripturally speaking, amen. If your heart melts, that means your courage melted. And, and Caleb said, but it wasn't the case with me. But yet Israel, because of this, were barred from, amen, this promised land, barred from their rightful inheritance for a 40-year period. A complete generation was wiped out in the wilderness as they wandered around. Amen. I'm going to tell you, outside of the promises of God, outside of where God's trying to take us and where God directs us to go in our life, all we do is wonder. Amen. I'm not talking about wandering up here. I'm talking about wandering on the path of life. Amen. We meander around and we search over here for some satisfaction and we search over there for some happiness. Amen. But all the while, let me preach to you tonight. Amen. That happiness is in living for God. Amen. A good man's steps are ordered of the Lord and he delighteth in his way. Amen. If I'm going to be an overcomer, if I'm going to be a conqueror, if I'm going to be a good man and experience victory in my life. A good man's steps are ordered of the Lord. And Caleb said, in spite of what anybody else is doing, I am going to wholly follow the Lord my God. In this passage of Scripture, he made up his mind to do that and did it. And because he did that, the man of God was able to preach to him and say, because you are holy, following the Lord your God, God is going to give you all of the inheritance that belongs to you. God is going to give you everything that he designs you to have. Come on, somebody. That sounds good to me. Amen. That sounds good to me. God wants to bless. God wants to benefit. Amen. God wants to cause great things to happen in your life. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are the call according to his purpose. God's looking for someone to bless. And in that, God's looking for someone that will follow him with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their mind, and with all their strength. You want to experience what living for God truly is? Amen. You have to wholly follow the Lord. He's not a part-time God, and he has no part-time Christians. Praise the Lord. It's all in or not all, not at all in. Amen. It takes everything. It takes everything. Amen. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. You got to put everything into this in order to get everything out of this that God has planned for you. Somebody clap your hands if you want to wholly follow the Lord. Come on, clap and let the devil know. Amen, I've made up my mind. I'm not just partially into this. I'm fully invested. I'm going to give God everything so that God will give me everything. Amen. 
And so he made up his mind to wholly follow the Lord. Then the promise came to him because he wholly followed the Lord. And then the fulfillment of the promise came to him. He received the inheritance because he wholly followed the Lord his God. And now he stands at 85 years old. We got folks in their 40s talking about being old. Amen. We got, we got folks in their 50s barely making it. Barely making it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. As it gets older beyond that, folks get, amen. I've met some folks that were 85 years old that put some teenagers to shame. Amen. They still had some zip in their step. Amen. They still had some drive in them. Amen. To work and to do something productive. Praise the Lord. Amen. 85 years old, brother. 85 years old. And he said to Caleb, I have not forgot. 45 years later, I have not forgot the promise. I have not forgot the word. There's some folks don't even make it out of the building. Woo! Amen. I'm treading in deep water right now. Amen. Some folks don't even make it into the foyer and they forget what the preacher preached. This fellow believed in the word of God and had such faith that for 45 years he wholly followed the Lord. Amen. The word of God that came to him, he grabbed a hold of it like a hungry pit bull and said, I'm not letting go of this. It's a promise. I'm not going to let peer pressure steal it. I'm not going to let 45 years steal it. Come on, somebody. Amen. Somebody needs to go back in your mind. And every promise that's been preached to you, every promise that's in the Word of God, you need to grab a hold of it and lay hold on the Word of God. This fellow's standing there already defeating giants. The giant of time. The giant of peer pressure. Amen. He's a giant killer already. <laughs> and he has watched an entire generation of doubters and saw where it got them as their bones bleached in the wilderness and they died outside of the will of God, outside of the promises of God. I don't want to be dying outside of the promises of God. Amen. You can have everything that's in that book. God wants to bless you. He don't want you to miss a thing. Amen. He wants everything fulfilled in your life that's in that Bible. It is the will of God. Amen. It doesn't matter what your mom and dad said about you. It doesn't matter what your friends have said about you. It doesn't matter what the system has said about you. Amen. I'm telling you, it is the will of God for the word of God and the promises therein to be yours. If you would just get a little Caleb inside of you. The word, the name Caleb means ravenous. That's a big word for hungry. Or in Caleb's case, hangry. 
Amen. He wasn't very happy at this moment. He was fixing, amen, he was fixing to go into battle. He said at 85 years old, amen, I'm ready to go out to war, both to go out and to come in. He said, I'm not going out to lose. I'm not going out to be defeated. I've got God on my side, amen, and this thing's going to take me out into the promised land, into my territory that's been promised to me, and I'm going to come back victorious. If you're going to make it out of the building and be able to make it back in sin free and coming in with the victory, you got to have some fight in you. You got to have some war in you. You got to have some Caleb in you. He said, I saw it. Or as we would put it in the church, I heard it. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. And faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. And as the word is preached to us, we in the spirit are seeing things that God wants to give to us. And Caleb said, I saw it, but now I want it. I don't want to just come to church and hear all the promises of the book preached to me. I want them in my life. I don't want somebody just to tell me how great God is. I want him in my life. I need the promises of God fulfilled in my life and if you got Caleb in you it'll happen if you got fight in you it'll happen and he said listen to this 45 years later he said say it to me one more time I've heard all that God wants to do for me over and over again. And I'm tired of just hearing it. I've heard the promises, the power, the miracles, the signs, the wonders. All of that, I've heard it preached to me. But somewhere along the way, we got to stop. Because Caleb could have just kept on wondering. He could have just kept on meandering through life. Amen. But he stopped and said, no farther. Tell me one more time. Just preach it to me one more time. I'm going to go after it. You open up that door to me and nothing's going to stop me. I'm going after the promises of God. Come on, somebody. This needs to stir up inside of you. Amen. Get past the Tuesday night mentality. Get past the pastor's gone mentality. Amen. I know what kind of church he wants us to have tonight. Amen. I promise you, he wants a Caleb to step up and grab a hold of what God is putting in front of you and make up your mind, I'm not leaving. This day, I'm going to war. Said, I am as strong today as I was 45 years ago. And then he clears it up because he wasn't talking about muscles. He said, as my strength was, what gave me courage then? My strength is still influenced by that same source. It wasn't about my ability. It wasn't about what I was, who I was, what I could do. It was that God promised it. And if God will go with me, amen, the same God that could have gave it to me 45 years ago is saying, hey, you can have it right now. And if God will help me, I'm going to go out and take it. And these big, bad giants, 
I don't know about you folks, but I, I want to live my life where the giants are trying to keep me from. Because <laughs> the giants get to have whatever they want. Giants just walk in and say, get out, and people run in fear. Amen. One, one giant in the valley was screaming out, amen, threatenings to Israel and the entire army. I'm talking about battle-scarred warriors were hiding out <laughs> from that halitosis, breath, buck-tooth, cross-eyed, amen, giant down there just, and they were hiding out. Giants take things. They're used to just snatching things up. And if they're going to live somewhere, they're going to live in the best spot. And Caleb said, I got bad news for him. I got bad news for him. I know the Anakims are there, but listen to me right now. They settled down in the wrong spot. I know it's the best of the best, but it belongs to me. And if there's a giant living there, that means it's worth taking. Paul said, let me tell you something about, about great and powerful doors. It uses the word effectual, which means powerful. He said, when there's an open door that's great and powerful in your life, there's going to be adversaries. The devil, the devil don't mind you coming to church and sitting in a pew. He ain't worried about that territory. He's not blocking you from coming in and dancing a little jig. Hey, folks are up here singing so good. I was watching dance moves I've never seen before. They were seeing it too. I was watching them. I said, Lord, have mercy. What is that? Hey, man, folks were getting with it. Praise God. You know who you are. Amen. Hey, man, you know who you are. <laughs> I mean, it was something to behold. Hey, Amen. Okay, I digress, praise God. <laughs> the devil is going to let you dance your jig. And I'm not, I'm not pointing it at that person or persons. He'll let you run the aisles. He'll let you clap your hands, shout a little bit. Thank God he'll even let you give in the offering. But the place that he's going to block you from is that place of transition from where you are into where God's trying to take you to. And so as soon as that preacher starts preaching, he's going to distract you. He's going to get your mind off of what the preacher's preaching. Amen. And if you can make it through that, doing battle for your soul, when you're about to come to the altar, he'll fight you to keep you in your pew. But I'm telling you that where the giants stand trying to block you from, that's where you belong. Your blessings on the other side of that. Your promises are on the other side of that. You need to make up in your mind, ain't no devil in hell going to rob me of what God said is mine. Before this night's over, I'm going to be walking in the promises of God. Before this night's over, I'm going to my Hebron. I'm going to my Canaan. Speak the word. And when that door is open, it don't matter what's standing in my way. If it had a brain, it'd get out of my way because I'm coming through. God didn't speak that promise, amen, to me to dangle it in front of my face and leave me wanting in the end. It's there for the taking. 
It's there for the taking. I've got to go after it. I've got to go after it. Give me my mountain. Give me this mountain that was promised to me. Everybody in the building can go after what's there for them. And you can miss out. This doesn't happen in a congregation. These are those moments where you got to stand up and say, I'm tired of watching everybody else get blessed. And I'm tired of watching everybody else have joy. And I'm tired of watching everybody else have peace. I'm going to start moving. I'm going to start moving. Get some fire in your eyes. Amen. And stare the devil down and say, I'm going through that door. Adversity or not, giant or not, I'm going through that door. I want everybody to look down at your feet right now where you're spiritually standing is not good enough. It's not good enough. Every preached message is God opening a door. There's somewhere deeper and farther that God is trying to take you. Abraham had Isaac. That was a miracle. That was the child they didn't think they'd ever have. And they had it in their old age. Amen. And God said, take what you have. Woo. And he kept on saying, your son whom thou lovest. God was just pointing out the facts. Abraham loved that boy. We can fall in love with where we are and fight preachers and fight moves of God trying to take us to something further. But in Abraham's mind was the fact that even though he's holding that boy's hand or walking next to him on their way to the sacrifice, Abraham can't help but to think about the stars of the heavens. That God said, look up and tell me, can you number those stars? And it was, it was overwhelming to even try. And God said, that's what I want to give you in your seed and in your inheritance. So what I need from you now, Abraham. I'm, I'm taking just a moment right now because I want to make sure this message touches everybody. It was God's will for it to touch. Amen. You have Isaac, but I want you to take where you are right now and sacrifice it to prove that you have faith to go all the way. Caleb went into Canaan. Only 12 out of the millions of people in Israel got to go in. He tasted the grapes. He saw the land of plenty. He saw, amen, the promises of God in reality with his own eyes. But he, he, couldn't, he couldn't just settle for a glimpse. He couldn't just settle for a little experience. I'm trying to peace, preach somebody past a little experience. I'm trying to 
preach you past just a little tinge up and down your spine when you come to church. Amen. The music gets you moving. The presence of God's moving. And you feel that little buzz and that little zip when God goes by. Amen. I'm trying to preach you past that. God's got deep things for you that you could never imagine. God's got things for you that will blow your mind. That when you come out of them, you can't even explain them. And in my mind, when I was young, I read that story and said, God, have mercy. How could God ask Abraham to sacrifice his son? Well, we know full well, amen, that it was heathen and an abomination to sacrifice humans. But it wasn't about putting him on an altar and killing him. It was about moving past where he was to where God was trying to take him. Amen. So Abraham, you can either hold on to Isaac and not be willing to surrender him and miss out on what I promised you, or you can keep your eyes open to everything that's in that book so that you don't miss a thing. All the promises, all the promises. I don't want to sit back and feel, amen, spiritual because I've had a few encounters with God. Amen. I want all. And trust me, there's more. Amen. Beyond where you are. And then I thought, i got to think like Abraham, because Abraham was thinking in faith. And I'm thinking he's walking all the way up to the mountain saying, how can I sacrifice my son? How can I sacrifice my son? But he was a man of faith. And God revealed to me, amen, that it was not, i got to sacrifice my son. I you never see a hesitation on Abraham's part. It was Abraham walking up to the mountain thinking about the stars of the heavens and looking over at Isaac saying, if God can do this, God can do that. If God can do this, God can do that. I want to use where I am and what God's given me to build my faith so I'll go for more. If God can get me here, he can take me farther. Come on, Rock Church. Amen. Thank God for revival. Thank God for who we have in the pews. But if God can bring us here, God can bring us farther. That's why the Bible said the Holy Ghost is the earnest of your inheritance. It's just, it's just a down payment. And that's why it said building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. God didn't mean for you to get the Holy Ghost to sit back and say, all right, now I'm saved. Amen. He gave you the Holy Ghost so every time you talk in tongues, it reminds you if God can do this, if God could take a cussing mouth, if God could take a dirty mouth, amen, and fill it with his spirit and make me speak a language I don't understand, if God can do this, God can do anything. And Abraham said, I want the mountain. He had to climb that proverbial mountain. It was a real mountain, but it was also a proverbial spiritual mountain. Amen. And do battle on the top to go through and get all God had for him. And now Caleb's saying, give me this mountain. Can I have just a few more moments? It's 830 on the dot. <laughs> he was a ravenous dog. He was... He was hungry for all that he could get. The Bible talks about dogs. <laughs> and it said, beware of dogs. And the connotation there was, watch out for people that will walk away from God and go back to the world. It's, it's a reference to the dog returning to its vomit. 
And he said, beware of dogs, amen, that will go out and eat anything. Now, carnally, that's a horrible thing. In the world, that's a horrible thing, amen. But when you bring somebody in and turn their appetites toward the right thing, amen, God's church is full of people that are ravenous dogs. I'll eat whatever God has. I'm not going to miss one message. I'm not going to miss one promise, amen. I'm not going to miss one opportunity. I'm not going to miss one open door. Oh, come on, somebody. You need to shake yourself loose of lethargy and apathy. Amen. And stand up. I want the next mountain. I want the next promise. You need to ask yourself, what did you come to church for tonight? If it's just same old, same old, amen, that's what it's going to be. But if you came looking for the next mountain, if you came looking for more territory, amen, if you came in hungry, you're going to leave full. Happy are they. That's what the word blessed means. Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness. If you look up that word hunger, it means to starve. Are to be ravenously famished. Woo! After what God has for me. Not after this world. Not after its weak and beggarly elements. Not after its rudiments. Amen. I am hungry for the things of God. And he said, you're going to be happy that you came hungry. Because when you leave, you're going to leave full. Got something special for you. He said, if you come in starving for the promises of God and what the word of God is going to have to say to you when Bishop Williams stands up here and preaches the word, the man of God's preaching to you, if you come in starving, I'm tired of this world. It's not satisfying me. Anybody in here ever ate Chinese food with MSG in it? And you are full like you're going to die. And an hour later, you're starving to death. Because it just bloats you up and makes you feel full, but you're not satisfied. Amen. That's how this world is. Amen. It'll make you feel so satisfied. So, Amen. But an hour later, you'll be looking for the next sin. You'll be looking for the next drug. You'll be looking for the next bottle because it never satisfied. But it's happy, folks, that hunger and thirst after the things of God, for they shall be filled. He said, you come starving. And then he uses the word filled here, <laughs> which means to gorge. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all been to buffets. <laughs> Amen. He said, if you'll come in hungry, I will give you abundance to where you won't even have the ability to contain what I have in store for you. Amen. You come in starving, you're going to leave so packed full. Amen. But you got to come in the right way to leave the right way. I said you got to have the right attitude toward the word for the word to give you what you need. Amen. I want to be hungry. I want to have my mouth open like a, a baby bird in a nest saying, feed me God. Feed me poured out. I'm not too cool. I'm not too big and bad. Amen. I want what God has for me. Dogs. Church needs to watch the dogs in the world because they'll eat anything. They'll devour everything. They'll tear everything up. 
But the adversary needs to watch the dogs in the church because when they come in, they're coming hungry. I'm not here to talk. We'll talk after church. Amen. After I get my blessing, after I get my touch, I'm coming in praying. I'm coming in praising. God inhabits the praise of his people. You can tell the people that want some God. Amen. Because they come in praising God. Judah don't wait on nobody. Judah leads the charge. Amen. You come in praising. That means you're hungry. Fill me, God. Fill me with your word. Fill me with your power. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with joy. Fill me with peace. So there's, there's a prince. I'm only going to be about five more minutes. God will help me. There's a prince named Mephibosheth who knew nothing but opulence. I consider myself a prince because I eat at Burger King. And I don't, I don't mess around. I king size it. Praise God. Amen. You don't get this muscular messing around. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Praise God. Somebody said, you need an ab. Mission accomplished. Praise God. Amen. Amen. You don't need a bunch of them if you got one good one. <laughs> this, this, <laughs> I got to stop clowning. Amen. This, this, this boy, this boy grew up at the king's table. Grandpa dies at war. Same day, daddy dies at war. And Mephibosheth's nursemaid picks him up and flees with him to try to save his life. And somehow he fell. We assume that she let him go and dropped him, but the Bible doesn't say that. It just says he fell and he became lame in his legs. He could have been the cause himself. As she pulled him away from everything familiar and he fought and fell. Or she might have tripped and fell. I'm telling you, there's a lot of ways you can fall in life. Some are your fault. And sometimes others offend you, which means to fall, cause to fall. Praise God. But then, because the society in those days didn't have the answers for people that were suffering from these kind of situations. So he's, he's taken to this dark, dank town called Lodabar, which mean, it literally means pastureless. We're talking about hunger. There's no substance there. Oh, we're surrounded by a world just like this. And it's, it, it means pastureless, and then some have said that the name means hopeless. And he's left in the streets to beg for his own survival. David, who was his father's best friend, Jonathan's best friend, David ascends to the throne and remembers a promise he made to Jonathan to take care of his family. And so he asks Ziba, which was one of, hey man, Mephibosheth's grandfather's servants. He said, is there anybody left? And he said, there's one left, Mephibosheth, and he's in Lodabar. And David knows right away the condition of Lodabar. You want to know why preachers of truth, amen, will sweat down a, a suit and preach to you and reach for you. We understand hopelessness. 
That's the ministry God has given to us to pull people out of hopelessness into everlasting hope. Amen. Into a glorious hope. Well, praise God. A blessed hope. And so he gets brought into the kingdom. And, and, and as he comes in, he knows, I may be a threat to David because I am the former prince and he's sitting on the throne. And, and he falls down and he said, why would you care about such a dead dog as I am? He had been living in a place with no food, pastureless. And so he feels like he's dead already, but that animal can be dead to the point where it's, it's, it cannot eat for itself, cannot hunt for itself. But if somebody else will come along, and all, all you got to do, because David said, I want to show him the kindness of God. You got to read that story if you've never read it. He said, I want to show him the kindness of God. Because the Bible said, taste and see. You want your appetite back? Hey Amen. You, you, you want to you be alive in God and, and, and be one of the Caleb's in the church with ravenous appetite? If you'll just take one bite. Hey Amen. If you'll step out of your pew tonight and come down to this altar and let God touch you one time, I promise you the world is incomparable to what we have in this place. Hey Amen. All the pleasure of sin is incomparable to what's available in this house. And you got to be hungry and you got to go after and if you are, God will give it to you. Let's gather in. Let's gather in. Let's empty the pews out tonight. Could you do that just out of respect? If you don't really want to come, please just come and stand with us tonight. If I can just give you a taste of the things of God you'll realize. I watched, I watched a man one time that didn't have any money, was apparently really suffering in life. I watched him literally reach his arm into a trash can, one of those ones that have the long neck at the fast food restaurants, and dig out anything he could get out of a Taco Bell trash can, was shoveling it into his mouth. And Paul told the church at Galatia, he said, the world, what it has to offer is weak and beggarly elements. And he said, they bind you. They hold you fast. It's a prison. That starving mentality. I've been out there eating. Been out there partaking. I still feel so hungry. I'm desperate for the next fix. I'm desperate for the next, the next high. I'm desperate. That you'll even look past any offerings of hope and blow them off because of that little bit of something you got out of whatever that substance was and you'll go back to it even though what it's really doing is binding you up. There was a woman that came to Jesus, a Syrophoenician. She was from Canaan. Please understand I'm speaking in Bible times, but 
She was Canaanitish. She had no business being around Jesus as a Jew in those times. In those times, it would have been unacceptable for this woman to come in like this to a group of men and start demanding things, asking for things. And then on top of all of that, she comes into this crowd of people and she admits to them she's got a devil in her house. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. She's asking Jesus for help. The Bible said Jesus didn't answer her a word. And so she went away and said, fine then. No. No. Next thing you know, here comes the disciples to Jesus and said, send her away. She's crying after us. She's pleading and begging. She's hungry. She needs an answer and she can't find it anywhere else. Bible said there's a woman with an issue of blood. The life's flowing out of her. She spent everything she had looking for answers. She spent herself broke. And with the life flowing out of her body, she used what she had left to get to Jesus. She had to fight to get there. That was her mountain. There was, a, there was inheritance waiting on her. There was a blessing waiting on her. There was a miracle and healing waiting on her. And she had to fight past the press and past all the people that didn't appreciate her elbowing her way close to Jesus. You didn't care. Amen. This is my chance. This is my opportunity. I can't walk out the door without solidifying. Amen. This relationship with God. I need him before I leave this place. I'm starving for an answer. And Jesus said when she touched him, he felt virtue flow. And that word virtue means excellence. Listen to me today. If you'll reach out and touch God, what will flow into your life is exactly what you need. He said you can cast your cares on him because he's been watching you. He already knows what they are. God's not nervous. He cares for you. And so before you even cast them before him, he said, I've already been looking. I've already been paying attention because I care for you. And excellence. Come on, what is it today? We need to be honest with ourselves. At the top of a mountain tonight, there's something for everybody in this building if you're willing to fight to get it. And that apprehension you're feeling right now, there's giants standing where you belong. This is my house. This is my house. This is where I belong. You don't belong in my house. You're standing in my way. The disciples said, send her away, this woman with the vexed daughter. And she said, I'm not leaving. And the Bible said, then she comes and she worships him. And he says to her, I'm not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. This isn't for you, it's for somebody else. He said, it's not meat for me to take what belongs to the children and cast it to dogs. This was not Jesus refusing her. This was Jesus testing her faith. Faith is reliance. Faith is total. Faith is coming to an altar and saying, I know my answer is God and I'm not leaving until I get what I came for. 
And she said, truth, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. I'm not leaving without something. The dogs will sit there when everybody else is belching full and ain't looking for another bite. That dog's going to sit there just hoping for a crumb. Amen. I'm not leaving. Amen. But can I tell you something today? We're not dogs in God's eyes. We need to be dogs in hunger. And we need to be dogs in appetite. But in God's eyes, we're children. And if you'll lift your voice in the presence of God and you'll ask God, amen, give me my mountain, God. I want my inheritance. I want the next step for me. I want the next promise for me. God will fill. Caleb had a promise. Abraham had a promise. And the Bible said that we should tarry until we be endued with power from on high. The promise of the Father. I wonder in this place today if there's any hands that would go up and say I'm hungry tonight preacher I'm hungry tonight listen to me hungry don't stop hungry don't quit hungry goes after it hungry pursues amen I cannot walk away without a blessing I will not leave without a blessing amen a hunger makes a man wrestle with an angel all night long until he gets his blessing amen I can't leave here without it today amen let's lift our hands and lift our voices amen pursue what you need in your life if it's deliverance the deliverer is here if it's if it's sustenance the provider is here amen if it's salvation the Savior's here if it's healing the healers but you got to go after it. Come on, Caleb, lift your voice in the house of God. If you're here and you've never repented of your sins, there's a mountain. Amen. At the top, there's mercy. And if you'll humble yourself and climb, amen, God will give you mercy. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, there's remission, removal of your sins available in the house of God. God wants to wipe your record clean. If you've never had the Holy Ghost, go after it with everything you got right now. Come on, let's lift our voice. Let's lift our voice. Come on, Caleb. Come on, Caleb. Come on, Caleb. Come on, Caleb. It's there for you if you'll go after it. Would you do this preacher a favor right now? If you're here today and you really need something from God, I'm talking about you know what it is and you need it from God. If it's the Holy Ghost, you definitely need that from God. But whatever it is, lost loved one, even a financial need, whatever it is that you're desperately needing right now, I want you to find the holes that are up on this altar. There's spots missing up here, and I want you to press in. We're pursuing right now. God told David, if you'll pursue, you'll recover all. But you got to go after it. 
Seek the kingdom. That means require it, demand it. I want what God has for me today, and I demand it. I am not leaving without a blessing. I'm not leaving without a touch from God. I'm not leaving without an answer from God. And now that you're up against this altar, I want you to really lift your hands and lift your voice. Come on, the devil's going to fight you, but there's an open door. There's a powerful door right now, and if you'll fight your way through, amen, there's great things waiting on you. The exact answer, excellence is waiting. Waiting. Virtue is waiting on you. If you're able, reach out and pray with somebody next to you. If you're not praying for yourself, come on, let's all be engaged right now. We're in battle. We're in warfare. The giants are going down. Amen. Take it. Possess it. Amen. Walk around in it a little bit. Get up close to this altar. Don't let the devil stop you. Don't let the adversary stop you. Jesus.